0: Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message.
1: I want you to go with me to 1 Samuel, we'll be in chapter one and chapter two. As you're going there, I'd love to hear the pages turn. It, it's nice to see the, the glow of your iPad and your iPhone or your Android uh, work as you turn the pages. But man, get out your Bible, 1 uh, Samuel chapter one, 1 Samuel chapter, chapter two. And I wanna talk to you today about the purpose of blessing, the purpose of blessing. Say that with me, the purpose blessing. As we do that, we're going to look at two families. This is a tale of two families in the same church. And we're going to look at the difference between these two families. Uh, Both families were blessed of the Lord. And both families stewarded that blessing a little bit differently. We're going to look at that. Before I do, though, I want to give you three things that every single believer needs to have. Okay. It's not only that you need to have these, but you need to have these in um orchestra in symphony together okay so you don't need one or two and then you'll get the third one later you need all three of these things okay number one every believer needs to be blessed say that with me every believer needs to be blessed write this down somewhere too it could be because you need to you need to understand you need to be blessed there's reasons for this Blessing too, there's a purpose for it. I'm gonna get to that, but before we get into the purpose, I also want you to know too, just as sons and daughters, you need to understand that God wants to bless you. What did I do to deserve this? Nothing, but you've been adopted into the family of God. And because of the fact that God loves you and he's adopted you, he wants to bless you. Every good father, every good mother wants to bless their children. I'm gonna make my children earn their blessing. No, you brought them into the world you are committed to them and you wanna bless them. So I want you to think a little bit differently rather than thinking that you're trying to earn it. You need to start from the understanding that God loves you and because he loves you, he wants to bless you. I am a child of God. Come on, say it with me. I am a child of God. When you believe that, when you understand that as your identity, it should change the way you walk and talk and think about life. I'm not a nobody, I'm a somebody. Pastor, nobody knows me. All that matters is that he knows you and he knows your name. And here's the deal, if you will walk in that confidence of the relationship, the identity that's been placed on you by God, It'll change the way other people see you. I don't think we ought to be walking around insecure and fearful and anxious and worrisome. Listen, I know these are real emotions and real experiences. I'm not trying to diminish you because all of us have different personalities and with those different personalities come different challenges. Amen, is that true? That some of us are more anxious than others. Some of us, we never are anxious about anything or if we are, we hide it really good. But listen, I just wanna tell you, whatever it is you're battling with, God is your father. And you are loved. So the purpose of blessing isn't just to get some utilitarian purpose through us, even though God does have a plan for our life for his glory. But listen, before God works a plan in your life, you're working from a position as a believer that you are loved by God. That you're loved by God. So... Now these love sons and daughters, God has three things that he wants for us. The first one is that we would be blessed, that we would be blessed. The second is that we would be a blessing. Like if God is gonna bless us and he stitched us into his family and the Bible says that God stitches, he, he puts the places of lonely into family The kingdom of God is a family, the church is a family. There shouldn't be anyone in Mobile, anyone in South Haven, Mississippi, anyone in Foley, anyone in uh, West Mobile that isn't loved by the body of Christ because they are all loved by God. And so when we walk in blessing as sons and daughters, it's not just for us to steward that blessing as if we Are on the cul de sac of life that all the blessings flow to us just so that our little space can be perfect and nice and you know, look, a god love you know, God loves me. No, it's more, it's less like a cul de sac, it's more like a highway. It's more like the blessings come to us and they go through us. We are blessed to be a blessing, we're blessed. Maybe this is the story of. Uh, so many people in the, in the Old Testament. But we're blessed. Uh, we need to be, have a blessing. Secondly, we ought to bless. We need to have that. We need to be a blessing to others. And then thirdly, we should build a legacy. Blessed to be a blessing, to build a legacy for the sake of the kingdom of God. It goes beyond us. It goes beyond our time. It goes beyond our space, our season, Uh, it's in our time, but not only for us, it's uh, who's around us. There's a picture in the Bible, and I think it's a picture even of Pathway Church, the picture of a great tree that provides shade and places for the birds to roost and for animals to thrive. I, I, I picture Pathway Church as a great tree in our cities that provide a blessing for our communities, for our neighborhood, for people that we work with. That, that's what I think. It's not just for us to have a blessing to hold all to ourselves. but when God blesses me, it should impact my neighbor, it should impact my church, it should impact my children and my children's children and generations a long way off. How many of you believe that today? believe that? Amen. <laughs> so the three things that we should be blessed that we should bless others and that we should leave a legacy that we should leave a legacy. I'm going to show you this, uh, in the lives of these three people or or these uh, two families. we'll do that by going to, uh, uh, first Samuel chapter one. Before I go there, I want to tell you a little bit about some of the blessing that I've received in my life. I was blessed to be born into the Johnson family to have two parents that love Jesus and love me is one of the greatest competitive advantages that you could have in life. And it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter the things that you have. We, there were a lot of things that we didn't have that I didn't know that we didn't have. You know what I'm saying? Because my upbringing was so rich. My upbringing was so good that I didn't know what I didn't know that I didn't have. And you know what? I know a lot of people in life that have a lot and have nothing. The song that you used to sing to me when I was a little boy, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. I can't tell you how many nights I went to sleep with my mom sitting on the edge of my bed singing that song. Now, if I could sing, this is the part where a preacher that could sing would sing a song and the church would be blessed. But since if I sang the church would not be blessed, I just want to remind you of that song. I just think I was so blessed as a boy to be raised in a house that loves the Lord and loves me. And I had a relational investments in my life. I had a time spent time invested in me by parents that were stretched in their time. When I was a teenager and before I could drive, my dad would scoop me up after church and me and a bunch of my friends would pile in and we would go down to a lake to swim or we would go down to a canal to swim. We would be swinging on ropes out of the trees like a huck fin life. And my dad is out there at that, you know, when you get middle age and then your kids just are embarrassed of you, you know what I'm talking about? He would get out there, he didn't care what me and my friends thought about him. And we were doing all kinds of things. We would, we would have contacts, we would get down in one of the canals and one of the little rivers, and uh, we put on our sneakers and we would hold on to rocks at the bottom of the canal, see who could walk the farthest on the bottom of that canal. And just fun, fun, jumping off of bridges. I jumped off the bridge. And the police stopped and then my dad jumped off the bridge too. <laughs> that relational investment that took place in my life that made it possible for him to discipline and correct and aim me. Because this is one of the things that he understood is that rules without relationship breeds rebellion. And so the more he invested in me relationally, the more I wanted to receive what it was that he was given to me. It was a relational blessing. There's also a spiritual blessing. I can't tell you how many times I walked into my Nana and Papa's house there in central Florida at the Lake Waimama campground where they had their house. I helped my my granddad uh, build a portion of that house and some good relational investment there. But I'd walk into that place and my Nana would have her apron on, Tula McCoy, Johnson, she'd have her apron on. She'd be in there slicing tomatoes and making fried okra. And then there was some rice and those were like the staples with whatever the protein was that she was making. You always had those things. And she didn't know anybody was in the house. And as she's in there cooking and washing dishes and slicing tomatoes, she's talking to the Lord. She's singing to the Lord. I would walk, I have walked in there to hear her calling out my name about who I would marry. Spiritual blessing. And let me tell you, those, hearing those prayers at different points in my life where I came to crisis crossroads, where I was choosing between two very important decisions, one that would lead me into something good and one that would lead me away from the Lord. I can't tell you how many times in the back of my mind I could hear my grandmother praying for her grandson. Financial ble- uh, relational blessing, spiritual blessing. And then, of course, financial blessing from my family as well, from people in my life. I've received a lot in my life. Is there anybody that says I'm more blessed than I ought to be? I'm thankful for that. And then I think about the blessing that you've placed in the lives of people, you, making the same kinds of investments that my parents and my grandparents made in me to love me and to minister to me. A couple weekends ago, our students went to Winterfest and gathered with thousands and thousands of young people to worship for a few days and to hear preaching and to pray. And God moved in a tremendous way in the lives of our young people. I've got a couple of them here. I want them to come and join me and put a microphone in their hands. You guys put your hands together for Junior and for Dallas as they come to help me finish this sermon. You guys got to hurry up over the other campus. I'm still the only one that's standing on the stage right now. (laughs) Hey, one more time, you guys put your hands together for Dallas, for Junior. We got a couple of soccer players here. You guys come join me up here. A couple of soccer players over at MGM, football player, um, and influential young leaders uh, in the student ministry. And let me tell you, these are a couple future leaders here at Pathway Church. And I just want you to know, your church loves you. Come on, one more time, let's bless these, these guys. Let me tell you, because of your generosity, people like Dallas and Junior were able to go and be at Winterfest. Dallas, why don't you just step up and just share a little bit about what God did in your life at Winterfest this week. Uh,
0: Winterfest was something. (laughs) It was definitely something. Um, Whenever we got there, it was, I could feel it. On the the way up there, I could just feel it. I knew what was coming. And um, when we got to the services, the worship, it was amazing. It was like being here. It was like being in my home. Um, whenever, whenever I first became a Christian, I remember the worship is so powerful and it hasn't changed, it hasn't changed. I may have, I may have understand it more and um, you know, may not feel it as much because I know what it is. <laughs> but whenever we were there, man, the worship, it was, it was real. That's what it was, it was real. And we talked about revival. We talked about revival not being a thing. Just as Pastor Travis talks, it's not a thing. It walks with us. The Holy Spirit is in us and it, walks, it walked out of that room with us, it walked into this room with us and it's gonna walk back out with us. It's gonna go in our cars and it's gonna reproduce. And that's another big thing, we got reproduction of love. He talked a lot about you can't, you can't understand the love of God You have to experience it. You can't judge others for not understanding that. You have to let them experience it. So that's definitely one of the biggest things that I got
1: out of Winterfest. Man, you guys put your hands together. Dallas, I love you, man. Proud of you. Let me grab this mic. Oh, you got the microphone. Come on over here, Junior. Before Junior pipes up, Dallas came into my office after uh, youth camp, I guess it's uh, last summer? Summer before last. uh, July, like 15th. Man, and just watching what God's been doing in your life as you were kind of downloading all that the Lord was saying into your, speaking into your life, I'm just really thankful, and I look forward to seeing what God's going to do in your life. One more time, you guys give Dallas a great big hand. Junior, what's happening, man? Where, man, where's your family at? Where? where? Andrew, yeah, awesome, awesome. You can tell because they're the ones holding up the, the camera, uh, the, the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, hey, Junior, go ahead and share with us what well, God know, did in your it was life. It truly amazing. I came out there with just one opportunity and one position and one goal in mind, which was to just feel the Holy Spirit and just get to experience him 100% with thousands and thousands of other people like-minded as me, the same age, who I never thought I would be there with. But God really worked wonders into my life. I went there and I gained a spiritual high which has been just increasing
0: since then ever since i got back and i've just been spreading the joy and spreading the spirit of the
1: holy spirit through each and every one of my friends and it's just been an amazing thing and an amazing journey to experience man awesome you guys give me a great <laughs> hand. hey listen both of you come on squeeze over here a little bit i want to pray for you and then i'm going to go ahead and get into the rest of what i have to share today would you just stretch your hands uh towards these young men father i pray that you had touched junior in Dallas and every single one of our young people that has been uh, the recipients of a blessing uh, from their church. Lord, I pray that you would anoint them with your Holy Spirit to do great things. And Father, you would lead and guide their steps. And Father, I pray that they would be incredibly bold witnesses of Jesus Christ. Father, in their school, on their ball uh, teams, in the youth group, I pray that they would be thermostats and not thermometers. I pray that they would change the temperature of the room instead of assuming room temperature. And Father, I pray that when they step in, that the uh, presence of the Holy Spirit would step in with them, Father, in every single arena. I pray that you would order their steps, every single area, their jobs, their future, their spouse, the influence that you've given them. And Father, I pray that years and years from now, Pathway Church would be even more blessed because of your work in their life. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, man. Love you guys. love you,
0: too. Just one second, just one second.
1: I just informed that uh, I need more prayer. I want to take these young guys to Africa. Just okay. To speak to 50,000 Let's go. Guys. Let's go. Amen. Come on man, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Um, I, I look forward that now that's Justin that's junior's dad, and so what I look forward to seeing is I look forward to seeing these young people in Uganda, uh, in the Congo, in the Congo, maybe in Rwanda, and get over and let these jokers preach. Let them preach. let's go. okay so um, pray, praise the Lord, I'm so thankful for all that the Lord is doing, and here's what I say, no small dreams. No small dreams. Come on, one more time, let's give God a hand clap. Okay, now, here's the principle in the Scriptures. Two families, First Samuel chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, uh, okay, the, the setting, is there's a praying mama named Hannah, and her husband's name is Elkanah, and Hannah couldn't have children, and she was going into the house of the Lord, and Eli was the priest. She's coming in and praying, and she was wrecked, and Eli the priest thought she was crazy. Now there are crazy people in the church, I just want to put that out there. Hannah was not one of them. Listen to this. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Now some of you, you come to the altar and you're so polite because you are afraid of what people are going to say about you. I want you to hear what happens when you press in to the presence of God. Um, So she prayed bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So it's like a Nazarite vow that she was (laughs) making for the son that she (laughs) was not yet pregnant with. And in the middle of this, Eli looked at her, Eli the priest, and said, woman, what is wrong with you? He thought she was drunk. And she said, no, I'm barren, and I'm asking God for a son. And of course, we know the story with Samuel. The story with Samuel is is Hannah ends up getting pregnant. She has a baby uh, named Samuel, and then he's raised in the house of the Lord. And then Eli actually says, woman, because of your faith, I pray, And you know, people around, I, we pray that you'll have many more children, and she did. So she didn't just get Samuel, but she got some more kids. And maybe the reason was because Samuel, her firstborn, would actually be raised in the temple away from her. And you remember Samuel hearing the Lord uh, speak to him, and Eli gives, so Eli was his mentor, became, his, his pastor, and almost like a father in many ways. Um, it's an incredible story, incredible story. I'll come back in just a little bit just to remind us what all Samuel did. Now, I went, that, that's Hannah, Elkanah, and Samuel. Hannah asking God for a blessing. God, won't you bless me with a child? God blesses her with a child. What does she do? She's blessed. She says, if you bless me, I will bless others. And she gives her son back to the Lord. This is actually a picture of what we do when we do our child dedications in so many ways. That blessing goes on. Samuel becomes a priest. Remember when Israel transitions from having judges to having kings. And of course, Samuel anoints Saul. And then later he goes to a man by the name of Jesse. Jesse, bring out your boys. I'm here to anoint the new King of Israel. And they all kept coming out. He'd bring the tallest, the most handsome, the strongest, the most persuasive, the most influential. And then after all of them had come out, Samuel said, surely there's another. And he said, oh, my little, my little farm boy, my little shepherd boy. Uh, David, the runt of the litter. He's out there probably playing his banjo, playing his harp, playing his little guitar, singing. Uh, Let me go get him. He brings him back and and then he anoints David to be king. Right? This Samuel, the son of a barren woman named Hannah that asked God to bless her. Here's the problem. So many of us ask for the blessings of God in our life and we get them. And we keep them to ourselves. But if you look at the pattern with Hannah and Samuel, God blesses her to be a blessing. And as a result, she lives in such a way that that blessing blesses others and then leaves a legacy so that Samuel would anoint Saul, would anoint King David. And then ultimately David would would end up being the ancestor of the Messiah, the great, 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 grandfather of Jesus. Now imagine if Hannah had just said, Lord, thank you for my boy. I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna keep him safe. I'm gonna keep him all to myself. I wanna speak to some parents just for a second. I know this message series has been about money, but the greatest treasure you have is your family. It's your family and in raising your family be careful not to hold them too close hold them close hold them close but prepare them to launch out don't speak down to them speak up about them let them know that there's nothing they can't do that god has a plan on their life let them know that they're different that they're somebody and this is a truth it's a truth Son, you better watch yourself. You better remember you're a Johnson. And my dad's always telling me that. I'm thinking, what does that mean? There's like a million Johnsons in the world. He's saying, son, you are not like everybody else. Pathway Church, you are not everybody. You are different. Are you saying we're better than? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the God that is in us is better than. And you know what? If God is on the inside of us, then why shouldn't it show up on the outside of us? in our relationships, in our accomplishments, in what we do. Well, I'm afraid to go talk to that person. Don't you be afraid to talk to anybody. They put their pants on like anybody else and the Spirit of God is living inside of you. In your business, don't set your vision too low in your academics. Don't set your vision too low. In the things that, in your athletics, don't set your vision too low. You don't have to be like everybody else. You don't have all the talents everybody else has or the makeup that everybody else has. But where God has placed you in your life, you take it and you be as awesome as you can for the glory of God. It's an amazing gift. Let them go and do, speak life into them. That's Elkanah, Hannah, and Samuel. Then on the other hand, we have Eli, the priest. <laughs> Say that again, one more time, a little bit louder. Maybe it'll get picked up in the crowd mics and all the campuses, come on, go ahead. There we go, that's right. <laughs> go with me, to 1 Samuel chapter two, and we're gonna be in verse 12. Now the sons of Eli, who was Eli? The priest. He was a spiritual mentor of Samuel. But the sons of Eli were, say it, dirty, low down, no good snitches. (laughs) They were scoundrels. They were Tennessee fans. (laughs) South Haven, I'm so sorry. I said, I gotta take care of my Memphis people, okay. They were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork While the, while the meat of the sacrifice animal was still boiling, go ahead and click on over, while it was still boiling, the servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. Now, I don't wanna just get down in this for, for too long, but basically what you see here is that Eli was blessed to be a priest in the temple of the Lord. And it was a tremendous blessing especially in that day. Today, you can come boldly before the throne room of God. You don't have to come to me. You don't have to come to the priest. The see that what changed between the Old Testament and the New Testament is in the priest, is in the Old Testament, the priest had to go and represent you in the Holy of Holies, but now you can kick the door open and go on in there yourself. Why is that? Because in Christ Jesus, we are all kings and priests. There is but one mediator between God and man, that's the man, Christ Jesus. And the Bible says we can come boldly into the throne room of grace and make our petitions known. But in those days, if you wanted to bring a sacrifice to the Lord or find repentance, you had to go to the temple and find the priest and then make a sacrifice. And then the priest would represent you before God. And now what are Eli's boys, Hophni and Phinehas doing? They're going over in the sacrifice that was made, a blessing being given to the Lord, and they're sticking a fork down into something that didn't belong to them so that they could eat. And there was already provision made in the Old Testament for the priests to be taken care of. They were scoundrels. They were dirty. They were low down. They were snitches. Let me share some more in verse, going down to verse 22. I don't think I have this up here, but now Eli was very old. So this had gone on for some time. Let me tell you, Eli knew the whole time how sorry Hophni and Phinehas were. Eli was very old. He was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli said to them, I've been hearing reports from from all the people about the wicked things you're doing. Why do you keep sinning? Let me just tell you real quick, Papa Eli, because you knew about it the whole time and you spoke rules, but you didn't enforce the rules. God God placed rules on the people of God and on the priests of the Lord and on the believers and you knew it, you were preaching them to everybody else, but you were not causing your sons and your priests in the house to line up with what the Word of God said. Let me just tell you, you can talk one way and live another way and you might be able to to keep it reconciled for a while, but eventually it's not going to work out. He says, um, you must stop, my sons. Let me tell you, when you have priests in the temples doing that, here's how you make it stop. You're fired. True story. There, there are some things that will disqualify the priests. There are some things that are gonna disqualify you from getting into heaven. And unless you bring those things to the Lord and repent of those things, then you will not see God. Pastor, that's not very inclusive. Let me tell you what, the call to Jesus is inclusive, but the kingdom of God is exclusive. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, inclusive. That's the bad news. The good news is that there is a free gift in Christ Jesus. But if you don't receive the free gift, then when we stand before the father, he's gonna go and look in the Lamb's book of life and he's like, "Uh, you're not on the list. In fact, I don't know you. Why don't I know you? Because you're not a loving God. No, because you didn't love me back after I gave my son for you. And so Eli is going on in this situation. He said, you must stop my sons. The report I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God, can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father and Eli wouldn't restrain them because they continue to serve. For the Lord was already planning to put them to death. And we actually see this happen to these boys uh, right there in the temple. Meanwhile, I love this. Meanwhile, meanwhile back at the ranch, (laughs) Meanwhile, over in this other family, even though there was drama there in the church, meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. Thank God for the blessings of God. Here's what I want to say to you. We are radically and unbelievably blessed. Unbelievably blessed. Justin, are we blessed? blessed. Unbelievably blessed. One one of my great friends in life came to the United States from Cuba in a bathtub, 90 miles from Key West. It's like 106 miles from Key West in Miami, in a bathtub with a couple 50 gallon drums to keep the bathtub from from rolling over. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, because we are blessed to be born where we are. Are there problems? Of course. (laughs) But if you don't like it, there's always Cuba Would you just say, we're blessed, we're blessed, unbelievably blessed. In the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, in a wonderful church family like Pathway Church, where we bear one another's burdens and we love our community and we love Jesus and we are loved by Jesus. You know what, I think you have a competitive advantage in life if you've been raised in a church like Pathway Church, I thank God for gospel faithful Uh, Spirit-filled churches that love God and love people. We're blessed. What a terrible thing it would be if we came up in an environment like this just to accumulate blessing to ourselves, to rob God from the blessings that he had for other people. Have you ever been in a restaurant and as you're there, you felt the Holy Spirit prompt your heart to say an encouraging word to the server that was waiting on you? And have you ever thought, well, I don't know that person. I don't want to be embarrassed. Have you ever walked out without listening to the Holy Spirit? Just go ahead and tell the truth. Raise your hand if that's you. Listen, let's let's listen to the voice of the Lord. Who are the young people that need to be at Winterfest? Who are the kids that need to have an environment where they'll be loved and encouraged and strengthened to be taught the word of God, to be taught the truth of God, to be able to know the way, to be able to say, because they've received the word of God, I have hid thine word in my heart so that I won't sin against you. So that they can say that I don't stand in the council of sinners, the ungodly, the seed of the scornful, but that I delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. And I will be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, and I will bring forth fruit in due season if I don't faint." What a blessing it is to be raised in a place like that. What a terrible thing, what, what a thing that we will be judged for in life if God would see us and say, you had so much and you gave so little. Your life is a gift, your relationship is a gift, it's not just your money. We want you to give. We want you to tithe. But we want you to live a life that is generous in how you care for people and how you love people. You speak the things of God. I'll never forget when I was a little kid. And if you would just go ahead and stand with me, all of our. Well, actually today, it's just us, all of our campus pastors are preaching today, so I don't have to worry about anybody else. I could have told as many Tennessee jokes as I had wanted. Just... There's a man named Bob Baker that brought me into his life. He was a college student. He was a nursing student, he had gone to Baylor and then he was there at a, another college in Central Florida where my dad was pastoring and, As I was, as I was, um, you know, fifth grade or so, he started taking me with him out in the neighborhoods to invite kids to church. I'll never forget seeing a couple twin boys that we had invited to church and their mom was beating them with a broomstick out in the yard. And I, I just remembered thinking, now I got my share of spankings at home. I never got beat in the yard in front of people with a stick. It was never in anger. Because of a gift that Bob Baker placed in my heart to love people that I didn't know, something came alive in my heart for other people. What a blessing it would be. Could you imagine, just would you imagine just for a second with me, what would happen if the truth of God that's on the inside of you began to move from your mind and your heart and into your hands and your feet? And that we loved the unlovable, we touched the untouchable just like Jesus did. What if when we looked at people, We saw image bearers of God, people that were created in the image of God that were separated from Jesus. What if we loved them? What if we served them? What if we cared for them? And not just by doing nice things, by doing kind things, but by sharing the love and the truth of God's word with them. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what would happen in our communities? Purpose of blessing? We are blessed to be a blessing, to leave a legacy. And that legacy isn't for our boys to rip people off in the temple. That blessing is so that we can anoint kings and so that we can see in people something that they don't even see in themselves and that the kingdom of God would advance. So I thank God for our schools I thank God for our workplaces. Pastor, why do I have to work around wicked people? I just wanna get around good people. God placed you there. God placed you there. Don't put your light under a bushel. Don't keep your salt in the salt shaker. Flavor and season your world. Turn the light on. Let let God do a work. Let let God do a transformational work. You know, I, I don't think it's just for them. I think it's for us. How could we have something so wonderful and keep it to ourselves? Don't buy the lie that the culture is pushing. Don't, don't let them say, oh, you shouldn't be pushing your religion on people. I'm not. Listen, if I had the cure for cancer, I promise you I'd be in every single hospital in Mobile. We got the cure for the cancer that's ailing this world. His name is Jesus and the Holy Spirit has come to empower us that we would be witnesses. That's why we're blessed. That's why we're blessed. Hey, I want you to get that car. I want you to get that house. I want you to learn the laws that will help you be blessed. I want you to learn how to take initiative. I want you to save. I want you to tithe. I want you to give. But you know what I really want? I really want you to recognize that you are blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. And if you will, God will write a legacy that no man can erase. Amen. Amen. Father, I come to you and I say thank you for, for a house where many Samuels can be raised, but also Father, for a house where Hophni and Phinehas will be raised as well. Lord, I pray that you would help us as the Hannah's and the Elkanah's and, and the Eli's that we would recognize the influence that we have in the lives of our children and our neighbors, our co-workers. And God, we would use it That we would use it you would do strong work through us. And Father, the work that you do, I pray that it wouldn't have an expiration date that ends with our life, but that our witness and the favor of God will go on through generations, Father, because we recognize that we have been blessed to be a blessing and to build a legacy. If that's you right now, you say, Pastor, I want God to be a blessing through me. I wanna be blessed so that I could be a blessing. Just raise your hand right now, just right where you are. Father, touch my brothers and sisters today. Father, a legacy of transformation, a kingdom legacy, a gospel legacy. And Father, you would do this great work in your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.